Good evening, and thank you for coming. I'm Kathy Stengel. If there's anyone here that I have not met yet, one of the pastors, and I just want to mention that we're here, we're up here doing all this thanks to Har's um, hard work, and so we're grateful for that. Um, you may have seen, even in the dark, that there is um, a box back there if people would like to donate to prison ministries. Um, that Sandy Hauk is involved in. I want to tell you a little bit about how the service is going to go. You are going to end up being in a quite dark space in terms of light, just like that. And at the end of the service, it will be very dark, and I invite you just to stay in your seats where you are, and then when the lights begin to come up, um, we invite you to just simply leave and go to your cars um, and hope that you will stay in prayer for um, this night and tomorrow into Saturday mor Sunday morning when we can rejoice. Thank you so much. Christ is the light of the world. As we observe the Christ candle, let us remember these words from the Gospel of John. The true light that enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world knew him not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came for testimony, to bear witness to the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness to the light. This is the message that we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live according to the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is the light, we have fellowship with one another.
The Gospels tell us that Jesus called to himself 12 apostles. These men are represented by candles. For Jesus spoke to them, saying, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. Nor do men light a lamp and put it under a bushel, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus called Simon Peter to be a disciple. He also called his brother Andrew. As Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Perhaps some of us feel that of all the disciples, we most resemble Peter, a person of impulsive actions and an impetuous temper. We too are sometimes bold in our assertions of loyalty, timid when the pressures of others' opinions surround us. John's Gospel tells us that it was Andrew who brought his brother Peter to Christ. In doing so, he brought a man far more able than himself. If you have ever introduced another person to Christ through teaching or by inviting that friend to church, you have something in common with Andrew. Jesus called James to be a disciple. He also called his brother John. Going on from there, Jesus saw two others, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in their boat with their father, mending their nets. He called them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed Jesus. James was one of the inner circle. He was always mentioned second. Perhaps he was second in importance to Peter, but how different he was. He was a man of silence whose deeds were great, but words were few. He said little, but felt deeply, at times even fiercely, and was known as one of the sons of thunder. James was the first to give his life for Christ. This quiet, fearless man, as head of the church, faced Herod in Jerusalem and was put to death. John, the brother of James, was also one of the inner circle. This rough, tempestuous man was never lukewarm about anything. Bluntly, he would ask for a favorite place in the kingdom or for fire to come down on a Samaritan village. Why did Jesus want him? Jesus knew that this kind of man, fiery and forceful, could accomplish so much. John was the only disciple who dared to be at the cross, and it was John who took Mary, the mother of Jesus, to care for Jesus called Thomas to be his disciple. Thomas the doubter was a man of moods, always wanting to be certain before he took a step. His high mood of daring led him to volunteer to go to Jerusalem to die with Christ. His mood of despair caused him to be absent when the risen Christ appeared first. Christ drew from Thomas 
the most touching confession of faith anywhere in the Gospels. In the end, his mind was made up and his doubts were overcome by personal experience of the risen Christ. Jesus called Matthew to be a disciple. Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi, we know him as Matthew, sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. And he left everything and rose and followed him. Christ has a place for a businessman. Matthew, as a tax collector, was hated as holding a job from Rome. Money and greed were not bringing Matthew happiness. Jesus saw his good and called him. It was Matthew who later emphasized, no man can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and money. Jesus called Judas Iscariot. Judas must have been sincere at first. He was trusted to be the treasurer of the disciple band. Judas was an ardent nationalist who may have tried to force Christ's hand to create an earthly kingdom. He was greedy and had a narrow vision. In the end, he learned tragically that he had misunderstood and it broke his heart. Greed and treachery together brought on the world's greatest tragedy. Jesus called Philip. Philip was a matter-of-a-fact man, rather lacking in imagination and flaming vision. He gave attention to small details and wanted all the visible facts that could be demonstrated. Christ enlarged his vision until later it was Philip who converted an Ethiopian and revealed his own faith. Others proclaimed the ideals. It was Philip who figured out how to put them into practice. Jesus called Simon the Zealot. As a zealot, Simon had, must have been on fire with love for his country and a desire for its freedom. The zealots were a small but intensely patriotic group. Christ has a place for that passionate person, which can be either an asset or a liability. Simon never led a revolt, but was mentioned often with Judas. Simon must have seen what Judas could have been if he could use his fervor in faithful devotion. Jesus called James, the son of Alphaeus, Bartholomew, and Thaddeus. Nothing that these three said or did is recorded in our Gospels. Perhaps they were quiet men, yet they gave their energy and time to him who called them. Sometimes the silent people who make no headlines are the best bridge by which the Gospel is supported. Jesus chose 12 men for his disciples his companions, his friends. Such a variety of personalities. One might wonder how they could travel together, live together. But under their master's constant care, they discovered a deep unity in their lives. Jesus sent these 12 apostles out charging them, go out and make disciples of all the nations. Heal the sick raise the dead, heal the lepers, cast out demons. Know that I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents, 
but innocent as doves. The world will not always receive you or your words or your faith. Know that there will be those who will want to persecute you. Do not be anxious about what to say. Our Heavenly Father will be with you and will give you the words you need. It won't be you who has to speak. It will be the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. And remember, I will be with you always. Jesus prayed, Father, the hour has come. My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken unless I drink it, may your will be done. Watch over my disciples. While I was with them, I guarded them. But now I am coming to you. I do not pray that you should take them out of this world, but keep them from evil. Sanctify them in the truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them. As you have loved me, I have loved them. Amen. When Jesus was at Bethany, a guest of Simon, a woman, came up to him as he was eating dinner and anointed him with a bottle of very expensive perfume. When the disciples saw this, they were furious. That's criminal. This could have been sold for a lot and the money given to feed the poor. When Jesus realized what was going on, he intervened. Why are you giving this woman a hard time? She has just done something wonderful for me. You will have the poor with you every day for the rest of your lives, but not me. She anoints me for burial. You can be sure that wherever in this world the message is preached, what she has just done will be remembered and admired. That is when one of the twelve, the one named Judas Iscariot, went to the high priests and said, What will you give me if I hand him over to you? They settled on thirty pieces of silver. As the disciples shared the evening meal with Jesus, he said, I tell you truly that one of you is going to betray me. And they were stunned and began to protest him and to one another. Surely it is not I, surely not me. Jesus said, the betrayer is one of you dipping his hand in the dish with me. Then Judas slipped out into the night. After the disciples ate with Jesus, they left the city of Jerusalem for the Mount of Olives. As they walked, 
Jesus said to his disciples, You will all desert me this very night. Peter protested, Even if everyone deserts you, I will remain by you. Jesus replied, I tell you truly that this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you shall deny me three times. Still Peter maintained, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so declared all the disciples. Peter, James, and John. He left them on watch and went on a little further alone. He fell on his face in anguished prayer. Soon he returned to the three on watch and found them sleeping. Rousing them, he asked, Peter, could you not watch for me for just one hour? Watch and pray. You do not are not put to the test, for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus again went apart in troubled prayer, and again he returned to find the disciples sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy. 
A third time, Jesus withdrew to pray, and a third time he found them sleeping. Then Jesus said, Sleep on and finish your rest. Now is the time for the Son of Man to be delivered into the hands of his betrayers. Here comes my betrayers. Jesus had not finished speaking when Judas, one of his own disciples, arrived with Roman soldiers and other armed men from the temple. The betrayer had arranged with the authorities for a sign and said, the man whom I kiss is the one you want. Judas went directly to Jesus and cried out, greetings, master. Then he gave him the kiss. Jesus responded, Judas, would you betray the son of man with a kiss? Immediately, the soldiers laid hands on Jesus and held him fast. One of the disciples of Jesus drew his sword and cut off the ear of the slave of the high priest. Jesus said, put away your sword. All who take up the sword will perish by the sword. Then turning to the crowd, Jesus said, have you come for me as against as a rebel bandit with swords and with clubs? Why didn't you seize me in the temple where I sat teaching by day? Were you so afraid of the Jewish people that you must come from me by stealth? Nevertheless, your actions fulfill the words of the prophets. Then all his disciples forsook him and fled. They took Jesus to Caiaphas, the high priest. Peter followed at a distance in the courtyard and warmed himself by the fire. They gathered the high council and began to arrange the case against Jesus, which they would present to Pontius Pilate, the governor. The charge was that he claimed to be the king of the Jews. They brought in many false witnesses, but to no avail. Finally, two came forward and said they had heard Jesus say that he would tear down the temple and rebuild it in three days. Even these witnesses could not agree on their testimony. Finally, Caiaphas asked Jesus directly, Have you no answer to these charges? Jesus remained silent. The high priest asked him, Are you the anointed one, the son of blessed? Jesus answered, I am. You shall see the son of man seated on the right hand of the power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then those holding Jesus began to spit on him. They covered his face and were striking him and taunting him. Oh, anointed one, prophesy, who is it who is striking you? Peter was warming himself in the courtyard when a slave girl entered. She confronted Peter and said, you also were with this Jesus of Nazareth. Peter quickly gave a denial. I do not know what you are talking about, he replied and went outside the doorway. Meanwhile, the rooster crowed. The slave girl followed Peter out and said to the bystanders, this man was one of them. Again, Peter denied knowing Jesus. After a little while, the bystanders said directly to Peter, surely you are one of them, for you speak with a Galilean accent. 
Then Peter began to swear with an oath, I do not know this person of whom you are speaking. But the rooster interrupted him as, the cra as it crowed for the second time. Immediately Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. He went out and wept bitterly. When morning arrived, all of the officials bound Jesus and delivered him to Pontius Pilate. When Judas saw what was happening, he knew that Jesus was doomed, and he repented. He tried to return the 30 pieces of silver, saying that he had sinned in betraying innocent blood. They responded, what is this to us? This is your affair. Judas threw the silver on the floor and left. Then he went out and hanged himself. The chief priests could not put the money back into the treasury now that it was blood money. So they used the money to buy a burial ground for strangers, and it's called the Field of Blood, even now. Jesus stood before the Roman governor as the accusers made their charge. We found this man perverting the nation. He was forbidding us to pay taxes to the emperor and proclaiming himself anointed king. The governor asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, you say so. The chief priests were accusing him of many things. When Pilate asked him to defend himself, Jesus remained silent. At the festival of the governor used to release a prisoner and some urged Pilate to do so at this time. There was a rebel in prison. His name was Barabbas. Pilate asked them, who do you want me to release for you? Barabbas or Jesus the anointed one? The demonstrators shouted, Barabbas! Pilate asked, what shall I do with Jesus the anointed one? They cried, crucify, crucify him! him. Crucify crucify him. him. Pilate asked, are you certain of his guilt? And the crowd took up the chant, crucify, crucify him, crucify him. Then Pilate agreed to release Barabbas and he handed Jesus the anointed one over to the soldiers for a scourging and crucifixion. The soldiers led Jesus away within the governor's palace they assembled the whole battalion. They clothed Jesus in purple, the color of royalty. They mocked him as they put a crown of thorns on his head and a reed between his fingers for a scepter. They proclaimed, Hail the King of the Jews! They spat on him, they hit him with sticks. And then after the mocking was done, they took off the purple clothes, returned his own clothes, and took him out to crucify him. On the road, they met an African named Simon, coming down from the countryside. They made him carry the cross. They took Jesus to the place called Golgotha. There, they crucified him. 
They divided up his garments among themselves, casting lots for them. Over his head they inscribed the charge against him, the king of the Jews. Those who passed by said, Save yourself, come down from that cross. Even the two crucified with him reviled him. Surely Jesus had been willing to carry our grief and our sorrow. He was wounded for our mistakes, bruised for our sins. In his brokenness, we are made whole, and by his pain, we are healed. With these words, there is nothing left to say. There is no other conclusion to this service. The Christ for the world has died and there is nothing more to say until Easter morning. Let us spend these next hours in prayer for our own faith and the faith of the world with God who sent his own son. Amen. <laughs> 